Welcome to the Gaming Trend Reboot. This week, Mike Pierce and I discuss the Xbox Scorpio details that were released by Digital Foundry. We also talk about Persona 5 and Atlas's issues with streamers. And also, the rest of the crew, myself not included, discuss Mass Effect Andromeda. We're so glad you're here this week to talk about all these games. Let's boot up! What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Gaming Trend Reboot Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Pierce, joined by my co-host, Mr. Joe DeClara. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, am glad to be here with you right now, because later I'm not <laughs> going to be here, you know, because I'm not going to be part of the podcast, as was planned, as was uh, regularly scheduled for us, so you'll have some other people on, uh, but I'm glad yeah, to be was... here with you now, Mike. Yeah, later. So for listeners out there, later in the show, we'll be joined by two other editors from Gaming Trend, uh, Mr. Hunter Wolf and the former co-host of the show, Kenneth Shepard, our resident Mass Effect nut and enthusiast. Mm. Uh, So we'll be talking with them later in the show. Uh, But for now, we're going to move right into the news. And um, obviously, Scorpio is the biggest news of this week, but we're going to touch on something else first. We're going to talk about the Persona 5 streaming um, debacle, I guess, maybe, is the word I'm sure, looking for. Sure, I guess it's just, uh, well, it's a similar story that we've seen before. It's a story similar to those we've seen before. Uh, right now, we're in an ecosystem in uh, video game culture where if a game is out, you're streaming that game, and people are watching streams, and they're consuming games in all sorts of ways, and this being one of those ways. And uh, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel, but in my opinion, it's great for exposure, and it's great for the culture. Uh, It spawns all sorts of other problems that, of course, any new uh, medium or any new... uh, you know, platform can spawn, especially open to the public like this. But uh, in this case, uh, I think it's great. And when companies uh, try to resist the progress that something like Twitch or YouTube uh, is pushing for, then you're going to get some real shit. So without further ado, <laughs> Atlas is uh, has released an excellent game, uh, Persona 5. I've played some of that. Persona 5. I'm working out right now. I love Persona 4. I played it on Vita. That was a great game, and this is turning out to be a pretty good game, and so far, I hear nothing but good things about it from reviewers. So, goodwill from Atlas for creating a great game and for uh, putting together a team for another great Persona game. However, uh, they immediately, upon release of this game, went out and released a statement stating that and warning streamers and uh, YouTubers and any sorts of uh, online sharing uh, gamers uh, warned them that streamers are not to spoil the game by playing at past a certain point and streaming it on their sites or putting it up as a video on their site. So the statement from Atlas was simply put, we don't want the experience to be spoiled for people who haven't played the game. Our fans have waited years for the new game to come out and we really want to make sure they can experience it fully and as a totally new adventure. Uh, is there reasoning for warning streamers to not stream past June 7th 
that's June 7th in-game date because the game takes place over the course of an entire year. So every chapter you play is a day. Like you start out in April, I think. Uh, it depends, but uh, you start out in the spring or so and eventually you get to June 7th and past that point, you're not supposed to stream anymore. Uh, and that was met with a ton of backlash, as so much stuff is in the game industry, but for good reason. Uh, the idea that you're not spoiling it as a result of not streaming it is, I think, crazy. I mean, you could just spoil it for yourself anyway by just going online because the game's been out in Japan forever. And, right. I mean, by you know, by restricting people from doing this, all you're going to do is bring a bad spotlight on you, put yourself in a bad light and also incentivize people spoiling it and uh, going out and trying to uh, stream it or get the game out to people who want to watch it uh, just to res uh, resist the corporation as it were. So uh, right now Atlas released a great game but unfortunately in some uh at the butt end of some bad pr now yeah i feel uh it's it's really kind of silly this sort of stuff and i mean it's just like with any any type of progression when things change and things move to new media or uh, you know or or other examples within society people always push back try to stand in the way and it's always a futile effort because we're just going to keep going this way. It's not going to stop. Like streamers are streaming. Streaming is growing. People like watching streaming. Like it's, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And one company standing in the way isn't going to do anything, uh, no matter what their justification for it is. I mean, if, if they're, if the real honest reason, like, and I'm taking them at their word here, I don't, I'm not, I don't really actually believe this, but if their real honest reason is for preventing, spoilers um then that's great but still as you said it's been out in japan so what the hell they're really not preventing anything mm. and not only that but isn't that um an individual's choice like if you don't want to be spoiled then you don't watch streams yeah yeah it's not like you don't watch youtube content it's not like if it's out there people are going to be bombarded with it, it right and they exactly. can't avoid it it's not like, like they're gonna just happen upon these sneaky little stream windows that's like uh, spoiling the yeah. game for them uh unbeknownst to them like they oh i clicked on this stream and now it's spoiled yeah. for me i didn't I know this know where it came where, from how did this happen how it got here. yeah yeah, yeah. that's and, silly and even if that did happen which is completely ridiculous you could just hit the damn x button you know, or, or whatever and, or hit back or what, just get out of it. Like, God damn, this is not, this is not rocket science. So I'm not buying their shtick about, we don't want people to be spoiled because that's, that's individual responsibility. And that stuff is easily, easily avoided very yeah, easily. Yeah. Avoided. And you should never buy into that story because Mike, it always happens. And that's always, it's not always that always happens, but that's always the story uh, from uh, publishers and the PR department of publishers. And it's a really loose and weak story. And uh, the argument has been made a million times over, not a million times, uh, but I mean, we saw something similar with uh, Bethesda last year when they mm -hmm. said uh, that they're not going to be giving out review copies uh, as for the benefit of the consumer, right? To say right. that, okay, well, we want everyone to play the game and to experience the game at the same time. And uh, 
we think it's only fair that everyone gets it at the same time. But of course, Bethesda was more than happy to give it out to uh, enthusiasts, uh, quote unquote. So people like YouTubers and people who are going to get the game uh, as a, you know, on Bethesda's dime and uh, appreciate that and like the game and be all enthusiastic and put it on their YouTube channel. So of course, it's only benefiting ever the publisher, over, only ever benefiting uh, the distributor, the people behind the actual decision. Uh, that's why these decisions are made, to benefit themselves. And right. to pretend like you're benefiting the consumer is just, it's just not true. Like, you're going to put this out and... Uh, warn people not to stream so that so as not to spoil it for other people. You're doing it so that because you're worried about sales. That's what I think. That's my posit that they are worried about uh, this uh, exposure affecting sales because the story gets spoiled for them. And Persona is a very story driven game. It's basically the m- main uh, pull of the series is the environment and the style and the story, which can all be consumed via streams. Uh, it's also a fantastic RPG and, you know, has great systems and, uh, that's a whole other thing too. But I mean, a huge chunk of the, uh, game's quality comes from the story. And so I understand the, uh, trepidation for streams and for, overexposing uh the game via you know non-profitable means but at the end of the day i think that streams will benefit you by exposure this is not a huge look persona is a huge game especially in japan it's huge for us the gamers but maybe not everyone knows about it like my uh i i have a good um focus group and my girlfriend's sister who's a like casual gamer plays a lot of call of duty and every now and then we'll buy some random game that uh your I'll focus group has one person yeah, in it's, it. it's the one person focus group exactly <laughs> yes so uh okay i she's my focus group uh but i you know have other friends who are casual and who every now and then ask right. me like hey i saw this thing about something and uh i'm the video game guy they turn to so uh, in those situations, uh, I found that they don't know about Persona, uh, but they heard about it via YouTube or via uh, Twitch. And then via this story, like, hey, I heard that. What's wrong? Why am I not seeing Persona? So um, I think that is the end result that you'll have is that you'll get less exposure and you'll get bad PR. So uh, hopefully the you know these companies that are a little behind like nintendo and atlas and i wouldn't say bethesda's behind i think they're just very uh self-indulgent and uh you know whatever but i hope everyone comes uh comes to the table and like takes a piece of the pie you know there's like there's a lot to be gained via youtube and twitch and uh if you're if you utilize it the right way then uh you'll have plenty of the game like i keep saying so, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's a it's a it's another missed opportunity here because I think, uh, you know, media is changing and progressing, as I said. And uh, instead of standing in the way of it, if you get behind it and figure out a way to make it work to your advantage, then um, that would probably be a great thing for Persona 5 for, for the developer and for the publisher. But but instead, uh, to, to quote Polygon, what they're or to, to quote a term of theirs, they're saying um that they're essentially playing whack-a-mole with YouTubers. And I think that's a great analogy because, yeah. you know, it's like each time you hit one of them down, three more, four more, whatever, are going to pop up. And it's just going to get harder and harder and harder. And the more you do that, the more YouTubers are going to get pissed. It kind of 
kind of in a spirit of the internet thing, you know, the whole idea of the internet has been the free flow of, of information and content with, with zero restrictions. And, um, obviously that doesn't work the way we all want it to, because lots of governments have put in various restrictions and all sorts of stuff. But, um, Mm. when, when people get the opportunity to put stuff online like this, and then you say, no, they're just going to turn right around and give you the middle finger. And, um, that's exactly what YouTubers are doing. Yep. So I, I don't know where they plan on going with this, but I think it's um it's a missed opportunity and it was a selfish move. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um I I don't know if it's look, a company is there to make money, right? Publishers need to make money. I totally empathize with that. I don't know if I would call this situation selfish. I just think it was misguided and tone deaf. I think that, you know, you uh you have a lot of games going out there and you want them to do well. And, uh, this was not a decision made by any collected data. Like, I don't know how you figure out that, oh, streaming is affecting sales poorly. So, uh, we need to cut, roll back on it. I think it was just a judgment call because of, you know, their antiquated views of the business model and of exposure and, uh, just generally the actual video game industry, uh, and the video game market specifically, sorry. Uh, I think it was just a judgment call and that's, it was a bad one. So I, well, what I, what I meant by selfish was, uh, basically what you said earlier, said it was profit driven. Sure. Yeah. And, like and I said, like, and, and again, that's fine. But like, I think that they lose on that front, uh, by doing this, you know, I have I, no, well, I, yeah, again, I totally yeah. sympathize with the idea that you yeah. need to make money. I want persona f- five to sell millions of copies. I want Atlas to win big on this game so that they will make persona six or that they will make a Catherine two, which maybe don't make Catherine two, make some other really cool different game. Not more on that game later, but like, well, another time, I mean, but I mean, I want them to make great games and I want them to right. be profitable. So totally fine. Just you, you, you fucked up. It's all you, you went, you went off after the wrong people here. Um, and as soon as everyone finds that out, the better. So that's my only point. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think we're saying the same thing. We're just saying sure, it a different yeah. way. I think a missed opportunity is pretty much my way yes, of summing up yes. exactly what Agreed. you said. Very and much. so I just think uh, they made the wrong call, but hopefully hopefully they learned their lesson from this. We'll see. My <laughs> My gut tells me they won't. They'll probably do this at least a couple more times before they figure it out. But um, we can hope, I suppose. Sure, sure thing. We can hope. Let's move on to uh, the big news of the week that I mentioned earlier, which is uh, the Xbox Scorpio news. This this week, the specs, the final specs, have been released for Xbox Scorpio, which is... I, they haven't given a, an official release date yet, I don't think, but we know it's supposed to be this holiday season at some point. Um, and the specs, uh, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of it, they basically match everything that Xbox has been touting since last year's E3, if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to be more powerful than the Xbox One S, more powerful than the uh, the PS4 Pro, or what, 
Did I say that right? I think it's the PS4 Pro, isn't it? Um, I think it is. The PS4 Pro, yeah, is the that's what it is. Yeah, PlayStation 4 Pro. Right now, yeah, I've heard yeah, it called so the PS Pro. I'm a fan of that uh, terminology. <laughs> the PS4. The PS4. I like yeah. that. So this is a this is a big deal, and and just like the Xbox S, they are ditching, um, essentially ditching support for the Connect. There will be an adapter that you can buy, apparently, that will cost you a whopping forty dollars. Uh, and there's no word yet on whether or not Microsoft will actually cover that. You know, like if you buy a Scorpio and you have a Connect, oh, will no. they comp you the forty dollar oh, adapter? No, of right. And not. my no, my no, opinion no. is the same. There's no official word on it yet. So, but no, that would never I'm ever happen. Same, I'm telling you, now, I'm of yeah. the same opinion that yeah. they're not gonna, um, especially now that they're you can see that they're basically ending support for Connect. If it was different, I think if they were going to continue supporting the connect they might comp that for people because then they would want you to keep your your connect and keep it going with this new system but since they're not putting in a connect port uh i would say that that's a pretty clear signal that that no and they why would they pay for your 40 dollar adapter for a product that they don't want to support anymore so um yeah, yeah I, agree. I think that's good that's idea yeah get it out yeah forget yep. it never yeah. never go back Right, yeah. Well, we'll just strike that from the record. Like yeah. we never, we never invented it. We never pushed it on people when they didn't want it. It's sure. just. Gone. I mean, look, like the that was gone since Xbox One S, right? The One S is now yeah. doesn't come with a uh, an, an what a port for the Connect. So we're glad to see that gone. Uh, but we right. did learn a lot more about can, uh, Project Scorpio from this uh, this Digital Foundry exclusive, more yes, than just did. the uh, the Connect uh, support being gone. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this thing is going to be seriously beefy, seriously beefy, which is which is great. I think everybody's going to be excited about that. I'm trying to get uh, into some good stats here. Um, so it's going to have it's going to have a huge uh, one terabyte hard drive, which I guess actually isn't that huge these days. Yeah, um, no, but that's it's, a it's... massive upgrade from like the original Xbox One, which shipped at 500 gigs. Um, and I've, I mean, I have an original Xbox one and I'm already close to maxed out, which is annoying. Sure. So it'll be good, um, to have a terabyte. I actually would. I think we're, I, I agree. I think larger. we're burying the lead here. We got like some serious GPU, uh, components and CPU. Uh, I'm getting there. Here. So I'm, I, I think, I'm but I'm thinking there. we got to get there first, man. Cause that's the, that's the main juice. You know what I mean? Like we got, this is actually a serious console, uh, which is like you said, uh, not surprising. Uh, they were, uh, boasting their six teraflops, which, you know, the, the world, uh, has the benefit of not understanding, right. As right. me being included. Uh, but you know, after a couple of Google searches and, you know, several stories throughout the year, uh, I have a better idea of what it means, but still not the best, but this gives it uh, a lot more uh, understanding of what actually we're looking at. Uh, like, say, you know, the CPU and GPU compared to, say, the Xbox One and the PS4 Pro. That's what we're looking at here, and it looks impressive. Yeah, it does. I'm trying to find the... Because uh, Digital Foundry got a demo with uh, with the new... the engine for uh, Forza Motorsport, and I'm trying to find that here because it gave some really interesting specs on how it performed. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So the, the Scorpio is going to have beefy enough hardware and I will read 
um, real quick here. I have so many of these things pulled up. So basically, uh, the console CPU has eight custom times 86 cores clocked at 2.3 gigahertz. And the GPU is going to feature 40 Radeon compute units at 1,172 megahertz. Um, the system also comes with 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 uh, memory or RAM, which is really, really good. That's mm. quite a bit of RAM. And I believe, uh, if I read it correctly, at least eight of that will be available to developers and four will be reserved for the operating system. So that's that's pretty good. Um and it will come with native uh, 4K support, and it's going to have a 4K UHD Blu-ray drive, which is also awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a quick a quick summary of the performance, so this exclusive Digital Foundry demo, um, let's see here, they got a tech demo of Forza Tech, which is Turn 10 Studios' Forza Motorsport engine. And they were running it in native 4K at 60 frames a second, which in itself is pretty impressive. But... The even more impressive part is that according to Digital Foundry, while this demo was happening, the Scorpio's GTU utilization was only coming in at between 60-70%. So only exerting 60-70% of its power while running 4K at 60 frames a second is ridiculous. That is awesome. Um, That still gives you a minimum of 30% more uh, basically like guts to use mm. and you're already running at what is essentially the highest performance, um, the highest resolution it, like in existence now. Yeah, so, this is great. It's uh, I mean, we have uh, the PC uh, components right now that can do these things, but uh, mm-hmm. according to digital foundry, and I'm just going to take their word for it. Cause I don't know anything about this right. stuff. Know a yeah. lot about gaming culture, know a lot about uh, my own philosophies of video games and uh, video game commentary, know a lot about that stuff. Know nothing about the actual uh, guts of these things, uh, except for the past maybe couple of years of uh, studying it minimally. And what I do know is that digital foundry, uh, believes uh, Microsoft's selling point in that these uh, components and these custom-built components and this custom-built uh, processing power and units are, are all going to work to benefit uh, 4K in a way that equivalent PC parts or equivalent uh, gaming gear in general uh, cannot do. Like, even... It has the a similar horsepower and similar... Uh, guts to like as far as the GPU is concerned for the Xbox Scorpio, similar guts to the 1070 GTX 1070. That's Nvidia's uh, more standard card. That's the card that I use. Uh, I know the 1080i or the 1080 Ti or whatever it is is like yeah. the top of the line, and that's another mm-hmm. three hundred dollars more for uh, another digit instead of mine, right? So it's 1070 to 1080. Uh, so that. 1070 is like kind of the standard and it cannot really render 4k at 60 frames per second anything uh that's really chugging away at it uh even for contemporary games or past games uh and this according to digital foundry is gonna utilize those same uh say that same amount of horsepower uh in a much more effective way to run games especially specifically uh xbox first party games uh 
at 4K and possibly like up to 60 frames per second. Uh, I don't know how much I believe that, but like, look, 4K sounds good. I, I believe that they are going to render games natively at 4K. They've said it over and over and over again, and I right. believe it. Um, whether th- or not third party is going to be able to work with that or whether they choose to uh, is another question. They may choose to use all of this uh, horsepower in a different way, uh, which is great. Uh, specifically, the memory, these 12 gigabytes of memory is exciting because they're still using the same amount. The same amount of gigs are gated off for the UI or what have you, right? It's like three or four gigabytes. So yeah, that's, four, yeah. yeah, that's the same amount that uh, the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One gates off. And those are only 8 gigs. So that means there's a lot more headroom for using memory, which it means like a lot more interesting stuff can be created for games. You know, um, say just like actual video game mechanics and systems, like really uh, contrived and obtuse and crazy uh, complicated mm-hmm. systems can be created now more comfortably on this console. So that's exciting. Um uh, again, though, I look at this, and of course, we're, we're still behind as far as PC is concerned. But the idea that it'll be, it's not just about the numbers, that it'll be utilizing, uh, what is it, graphic shaders or something? Like, I, I hear about this that I don't know anything about, uh, but apparently you them utilizing these uh, guts in a way that works better for the game sounds way more interesting than just oh it's more powerful it's got the same numbers as pc that's very exciting to hear so uh again this is there's not much else going on here except that digital foundry got some good looks at the actual guts of the thing uh right maybe saw some games like running like four to seven or what have you but i mean it's good to hear good to hear that we're gonna be in a place where developers will have more uh space to work with consoles right i think it's it's also worth noting too that the the well there's a couple things here i want to mention but one the the one terabyte hard drive that i mentioned will supposedly offer a 50 percent increase in bandwidth which is really significant Mm. so hopefully that should vastly increase uh install times like when you you know you put your disc in and xbox tells you you have to install the game before you play it that should hopefully increase that quite a bit, um, as well as the beefier hardware. Um, uh, so that, that's that's pretty cool. And then it's also exciting that they want to put all this new upgraded hardware towards improving older games. Uh, so right now, Digital Foundry is sort of saying that this could um, really, really improve Xbox One games and even Xbox 360 games. Um, but like you could potentially be playing older games at 4k ish resolution. Mm. And, uh, so that, I mean, that's really, really cool. That has the potential to make a lot of older games look, um, a lot better or make them run a lot better. Uh, mm. so there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things that can be done with this. Uh, and I know Microsoft has stated that they want to do that. They said that, um, their goal with Scorpio was quote, any 900 P or better title, would be able to easily run at frame rate at 4K on Scorpio, which is which is awesome. Mm. So we'll see what happens there. And this is all according to Digital Foundry. This is just their estimate. This is not an official figure that anybody's confirmed. Um, but Digital Foundry estimates that this is only going to cost 500 bucks, which 
sounds like a lot. It is a lot for a console, but for the performance that you're getting for native 4K, for a native 4K Blu-ray player, for all this other stuff, you know, this really is, um, it, it is a good deal, I think, overall, if this does, in fact, do everything that they want it to. Uh, 500 bucks is is reasonable because you would not be able to build a PC with anywhere near that kind of performance for $500. I, I don't I don't think there's any chance you could do that. So yeah, no, I just built a PC that apparently has a lot of the same. Uh, you know, I got maybe 16 gigabytes of RAM instead of 12. I got a pretty right. serious GPU, but I got the GTX 1070, which is what they're talking about here. I have a terabyte of uh, hard drive space. And uh, I, I looked at like a $1,300 investment, right? So this yep. is obviously, uh, yeah. for the price, pretty sweet. Um, it is locked in, right? It's not your... Well, the con- the idea is that it's still a console and that chances are it's going to be locked in. It's not going to be modular or anything. Maybe this is the route... What, who knows? Everyone uh, uses with the idea that like Xbox will one day release uh, the... Well, Microsoft will release the modular console, right? That that's the movement they're going for. I don't think that's what happens. But I mean, sure, it sounds like a sweet box. Uh, and for 500, that sounds okay. It's not a real price. Again, this is just, uh, lead betters, uh, estimation, like just looking at the guts and saying, and making its own, uh, educated guess. And, uh, that's fine. Uh, it needs to come with games, right? That's so right. we we got some really sweet numbers here. It looks great, and uh, it's cool that Xbox is going to be the most powerful console out there. Um, but it needs to come with good games, and uh, there has got to be something going on with Star Wars Battlefront Two and the Scorpio. I like there absolutely oh, think has so? to. Yeah. Oh, there's got to, yeah, because I mean the timing of the movie releasing sure. and the game releasing and the console releasing and everyone went crazy about how good Star Wars Battle the like the two years ago Star Wars Battlefront looked and sounded. Oh yeah. So I mean, generally, this, it was just I mean, yeah, it was the prettiest game I had played at the time. Uh, absolutely, it was, it was yeah. like it sounded like Star Wars, which is like the biggest uh, selling point for me. Like it wasn't a great shooter, but I mean, it was good for me. I I am a Star Wars sellout. I love Star Wars. I'll buy <laughs> any garbage you can throw at me because uh, I'm easily bought. Uh, but the uh, the thing is that Star Wars Battlefront uh, is a third-party game. It's that that's going to ship on, I think, PC and PS4 as well. Uh, yeah. Whether it utilizes uh, some of Xbox Scorpio's, uh, you know, mm, mm, uh, exclusively awesome guts, whatever it is, you know, uh, that it's and ex- it uses the. Uh, it may not be rendering stuff at 4K natively. Uh, all Xbox uh, proprietary stuff will uh, because right. they can do that. But third party, uh, we all know because it's also got to ship on the uh, PS4 Pro, which can't do that. So uh, we'll see what happens. That's the question mark right now is 4K. As far as yeah. the specs is concerned of this console, the big question mark on Scorpio in general is games. We all know what games. Uh, well, we know some games that will be shipping on it. We know that Shadow of War is going to be shipping on it and will be yep. benefiting from uh, the what Xbox Play Anywhere uh, mm-hmm. format. I believe so, yeah, so the that's Windows pretty 10 cool. and Xbox thing. Yeah, you could play it anywhere, which means, like again, why would you buy a console in the first place then? I don't know. I have my 
Uh, it's, maybe it's just really sweet. And uh, But we got to know what games are on it. And we got to know about VR, too. Because uh, VR, right. I think, is going to be a huge pillar of uh, Scorpio's selling point. I think it will, too. Because it, it blows out, according to uh, some stuff I read, it totally destroys the minimum specs for the Oculus Rift and the Vive. So... Um, there's, it's, there's a lot of potential for VR growth there within, within the Xbox one. Yeah. So I think there's going to be, you're probably right. We're probably, we're going to see at least, oh God, hopefully we see at least a couple good exclusive titles ship, uh, either around the same time or with the Scorpio. I mean, mm-hmm. bundles would be great. Um, and we'll see some VR stuff too. I'm sure if, if not, then we're going to be, we're going to be revisiting our missed opportunity conversation that we just had earlier today. Yeah, sure. Because, uh, I feel like this is, this is it. And I, and I do feel as well, uh, you're right about the third party thing with star Wars battlefront, but I do feel like, man, if they can't capitalize on some of that, that's a missed opportunity too, because everyone loves star Wars, the movies coming out like battlefront. Uh, they, I want to say Battlefront One, but there actually has been a older Battlefront yeah, One. So it's bal- like yeah, it's Battle. Yeah, like we don't two talk years ago, Star Wars Battlefront. Um, I mean, this one's going to be called Battlefront Two, so like, it's fair to call it right. Battlefront One. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Battlefront Two had better be on here and had better look just like oh, it'll be mind-blowingly yeah. amazing. It had better yeah. just like it better blow Star Wars One or Star Wars Battlefront One completely out of the water. It better sure, and it should. I, I wonder, I don't know the uh, marketing deals that uh, PlayStation and Xbox and DICE have with Battlefront. I think Battlefront 1 was a, uh, I'm, I may totally be making this up, but I'm pretty sure it was a PS4. Uh, there was a partnership between uh, marketing deal with PS4 and Battlefront 1. I don't know if it can change. I don't know if the deal was for multiple games. Yeah, uh, they could have I would love contract, to see right? I would lo- I would love to see for Xbox something like Battlefront 2 looks best on Xbox Scorpio, right? Whatever it's going to be called. You know, maybe they could do one of these things. Um they've done it before, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um Sometimes now they do this thing like, oh, releases for two weeks on on Xbox and then comes out. Yeah, I'd rather see like, right. No, I'd rather see something actually functional like, oh, looks best on Xbox, uses 4K rendering and, you know, natively or whatever nonsense. Right. Um, uh, I don't know how you market that saying like, you know, we're in the weeds here when uh, Xbox is talking to core video game readers and stuff, but uh, talking about native 4K uh, rendering but you know getting that on a tv ad i don't think you want to do that i think you just want to say looks best on xbox scorpio and yeah. uh, have xbox icon at the end of the ad like just get that deal and that would be good i don't know anything about again the uh previous That's another interesting situation. point you know i bet there'll be um there's going to be at, at best buy i'm sure and some other places uh, probably with amazon too there'll be like xbox scorpio and 4k tv bundle deals i'm sure because you know you're gonna everyone's gonna want you to get a 4k tv to go with your native yeah, 4k yeah. console so yeah, yeah. well here's the thing you know like bundles that, there too that's the thing like sony probably is uh i think i thought their original plan was going to be like buy a sony 4k tv get a ps4 pro to go with it uh mm-hmm. the fact that ps4 pro doesn't uh play 4k blu-ray is uh, still mind-boggling to me uh some other people tried some friends tried to explain it to me 
uh, like why it actually kind of makes sense. I'm just like, I, I'm sorry. It looks terrible on paper that their <laughs> PS4 Pro, which the whole concept, which was explained to me was they need to have something, a box that works with their 4K TVs and uh, justifies it. And it doesn't. So I don't know. And Xbox One S does, you know, it does run 4K Blu-ray. So, right. uh, yeah, I think you're right though. Um, a, some, some deals, maybe a bundled in, uh, headset, like a VR headset. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, Xbox needs to distance itself from, uh, and they already have from peripherals because they just have a bad history with it, which is unfortunate because it was a crappy peripheral and, VR is not. VR is a great peripheral. VR is really right. cool. Like I, I've I've played a lot of VR and I love it. And I would love to see them bundle in like a crappy headset that kind of gives you the idea. You know, like mobile headsets, like they use phones, are great. Mm-hmm. Like they work and they really snap you into like, oh, fucking VR. This is unreal. And I wish that Xbox could do that, but I think it's a bad move uh, after the Connect, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I, I am interested one, to see what they do. Yeah. If they're going to do that, they need to I think it needs to be a relatively premium VR experience cuz people are going to feel like they're buying a premium console uh and I think they need to make sure that the VR is pretty solid. Otherwise, I think they're going to feel a little um I can't think of the term, but like a little maybe a little just let down like I paid for this premium console and what I got was sort of I mean, I don't know. VR I- I think that it would still, in my, you know, imaginary, you know, cardboard, Google Cardboard, uh, a la Xbox. Well, no, sorry. Xbox, you know, VR bundled in a la Google Cardboard thing would be okay because it would be kind of an okay headset, right? The headset would be all right, but the box that it's strapped to is fucking amazing because it's the mm-hmm. Xbox uh, Scorpio. So... Uh, my little concept of like a cardboard thing strapped to this giant awesome thing while it's like a uh, that kind of sucks you have a really sweet box and a terrible headset it at least gets people interested like oh vr is a thing and you heavily communicate the fact that oculus is uh we're partnered with oculus and we have a bunch of dell uh headsets and all these other things that you can buy uh and they're not too pricey. Like the Dell headsets were all like $150 or something. So uh, that I think is an, a concept. I don't know if it's a good idea, but I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with VR uh, yeah. right out the gate, especially. There's got to be something though. There's just hope so. Uh, otherwise, like I said, it's an opportunity missed, I think. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll games, see what happens. Games and spe- especially games. that's, that's yep. the missed opportunity that cannot be missed. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Yeah, and it's holiday season, so I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you got to you got to capitalize on that. Well, I think we've I think we've thoroughly fleshed that out. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today, Joe? Uh, well, I mean, if you just have a minute, I hope uh, you would pitch our uh, let's play of uh, Hell Divers. Uh, I showed you this. Well, I suggested to you this game, Hell Divers, a little while ago. Uh, it's not a recent game. Uh, it's not new game talk. And we will go extensively, but uh, you played some Hell Divers, and you seem to like it a lot. I was I was happy to see your response to it. Yeah, I uh, I, I guess it, I didn't realize that Hell Divers is as old as it actually is. It came out, I think, in uh, like it came out for for PS4 first, I think, didn't it? In like yes. early 2015 or something, it was I think. 2015, and then it, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and then it came out for PC in late 2015, I want to say December. Okay. Um, so I am way the hell behind. I'm like fully two and a half years, well, I guess two years basically for PC, or almost two and a half years for PC. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it. It's got this really um, cool blend of like funny, ridiculous Starship Troopers, or uh, yeah, Starship Troopers kind of humor yeah. with... Uh, sort of like crazy rousing propaganda music and weird speeches and bringing freedom to the galaxy and yeah. all this goofy ass shit that is just strangely amusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the way down to guns. I think there was one that was called like a gun called like two barrels of freedom or something ridiculous, <laughs> or double freedom or something just completely yeah, yeah, double absurd. freedom. I, oh yeah. my God. Their use of the word freedom uh, yeah. in every little thing they say is just amazing. Oh my God. Right. And I love it now too, because it's a, uh, it's particularly, you know, poignant in, in today's political climate and the oh, things yeah. that are going on, which I'm sure was only kind of half intended back when they released it. Uh, because they didn't know all this stuff that was going to be happening, but um, I mean, it's, it's been really... appropriate for the past like ten years, but it's continually but even appropriate. more appropriate yeah, yeah, now, though. Absolutely. And so it's uh, I don't know. It's just a really cool twin stick shooter, and I think what really does it for me uh, is that it, it, even with its playful nature and its humorous nature, it's hardcore. Oh yeah. But the hardcore part doesn't bother you. Uh, because it is so kind of like playful and carefree. So like as soon as we dropped in, within 10 seconds, you ran your ass off of a cliff into some lava on yes, accident. Yes, I did. And there you're just gone, just like yes. that. I was also then, the supposed to be the experienced one showing you the ropes, right. and I just botched it at like three minutes through. And it was, it's right. like, it's well, also I ended yeah. up killing you because I think I shot you once or twice without realizing yes. it. Yes, and did. then <laughs> And then after I shot you and killed you, I, I think I tried to to call you back in and you have to throw this little beacon out. You can't throw it very far. Yeah. Um, and I threw it out not knowing right into the path of this like lava geyser. Yeah. And you popped into the map <laughs> and uh, you just got eviscerated by the the uh, by the lava right yes. after that. So then you were dead again. And yeah. Yeah. It was and just I was dead like, several times un- after that too. So yep. it was, yeah, it's definitely it was- a lot of that. It's and it's great. It is like so unforgiving. And goofy and yet hardcore because of that, and uh, I love it for that for sure. Uh, right, and, and it's and it's what keeps me coming back. What I I've yeah. only come back like uh, touch and go because I'd only get friends to play like a couple times. And it's just a drag on your own, and I don't like trying to match up with people online. Like it's it's yeah. most fun, obviously, as most games are with friends when you're just blundering through this really cool and really crazy mission. You know, right. Yeah, I, it's, dude, I was seriously impressed with that game. I don't know where the hell I've been for the last two years. I that mean, was look, worth like every, it's a, every cent of twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, oh Absolutely. yeah. It's not. It's definitely not like a huge uh, AAA game that was like heavily marketed. You know, it's easy to look over. But I was paying attention to you know PS4's spring event or something where they were releasing a game every week or something, and that game was headlining it, and it was a fantastic game, and you could play it on Vita or PS4, and but you should play it on PC because I I've what's funny about twin stick shooters is I found recently being now a pc gamer that they are way better played on mouse and keyboard because you can mm-hmm. really uh hone in with the uh mouse uh so they're also fun on twin stick though so you should certainly play on ps4 if you have the means 
Yeah, you know, considering how much uh, more precise you can be with mouse movements, I uh, and how much we still manage to shoot each other and our teammates, I bet on console is just a complete disaster. Like, uh, it's still probably yeah, yeah. people are just getting slaughtered even more, like yes. right and left. Just like, whoop, there, sorry, hit you in the ass with a shotgun blast. Yeah, like, definitely a lot know. of that happening. I play with friends, like I said, and it's not great because you could also play couch co-op because it's a single right. screen thing and you can't go, regardless of if you're matched online or on couch, you uh, can't go too far from each other. You have to stay on the same screen. So right. it's perfect for that. And it's just uh, too much fun. So Definitely recommend Helldivers to anyone who's interested in uh, twin stick shooters or uh, anything with like silly, almost destiny esque, uh, you know, like you said, propaganda humor. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or just in fun of like a fan of good games because it's a very good game. Yeah. And it's really just like, if nothing else, it's great for a laugh. If you can, yes. If you if you don't get too bent out of shape about the ridiculousness of it, uh, because it's intended that you die a lot, it's absolutely intended. Clearly, yeah. Um, and if that doesn't bother you, then you'll just have a great time because it's fucking hysterical. Yeah, I love definitely. that game. Yeah. I haven't laughed that much playing a game in a long time. That was mm. awesome. Yeah, definitely. So I'm glad you recommended that to me, and it was a great let's play. So for any listeners out there, uh, you should definitely check out. Ooh, I believe it was episode seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be on the gaming trend page now. The let's play of Joe and I hitting up Helldivers. All right, excellent. So we have some uh, people for you to talk to. I'm gonna leave you now, but uh, I appreciate you having me on, Mike. You have, you run a great show. I'm so glad that I was here for that. <laughs> yeah, today. thanks for coming on as my yeah, guest. Yeah, really, right. Joe. I feel like a guest because I'm leaving. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're gonna run the rest of the show and talk to some of our. Uh, contributing writers about uh, some things like Mass Effect and all sorts of other great things, I'm sure. Absolutely, I will. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Joe. Yeah, of course. All right, so in other big news this week, we've got some updates for the... I don't know if much maligned is really the term I want to use for Mass Effect, but um, Mass Effect Andromeda has certainly been wrapped in controversy since its release, and um, Bioware has been releasing some patches, and we happen to have someone on the show this evening who has actually played Mass Effect Andromeda extensively pre-patch, and who, as of today, has now played it with the patch. So, Mr. Hunter Wolf, why don't you... Tell us how it's different, how it's better, if it's not better. Um, what's your experience with it? Yeah, sure. Really, the the patch made a big change uh, with the, the eyes in the facial animations. I, that was one of my complaints on the earlier podcasts that we did, was that it they're just like, they look like separate entities. Like they move, com- like they're disconnected. Like everyone somehow. had a lazy eye or something? Not a lazy eye. It was... It was just like it. They were dead. <laughs> That's even yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. But now, like comparing right. it to it, they look like they have more depth. They look like they're part of the face. Um, before the patch, they were like super bright, but now they're darker, and it doesn't sound like a big deal. But I've done a lot of character interactions now that are like ten times better because mm. the eyes look good. So. Does that help with um, 
I would imagine it does, but does that help with like the immersiveness? Uh, you know, you get more into the experience of it because you don't feel so separated from these like lifeless corpses that you're supposedly interacting with. You're now kind of interacting with people that feel a lot more real and look a lot more real. Yeah, sure. Like um, one of the big complaints of the game was that it had stilted dialogue. Some of the writing is like pretty odd. So when you combine that with like, bad facial animations it really does disconnect you from the experience you don't feel engaged but now it's just a stilted dialogue that you have to worry about because <laughs> the eyes look so good my face is tired yeah my face is tired <laughs> if you if you've seen that meme if you haven't look it up <laughs> so uh, the thing that occurred to me well sorry Mike. no 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 again you go ahead you go ahead the, the thing that occurred to me is now i i I've been trying to download the patch, but I'm, I'm not, I haven't downloaded it yet, so I haven't got a chance to actually, like, compare things. It occurs to me, I'm gonna have to go through the whole game again, and screenshot everything again, where everybody yeah. looks, like, less dead in the face. Um, <laughs> that being, and that being said, like, I've, I feel like, for me personally, that's not the biggest deal of all these changes that Bioware's been, uh, like, they've got, like, sort of, it's not really a roadmap, but they've just got, like, bullet points of things that they're gonna address, and, like, they're adding, like, new content to, like, certain characters' romance arcs, including the one that I went through, which was Gil, the engineer. Um, and it's like, th- I see this weird... It's not even really weird. There's this narrative that's starting to form on the internet. Like, why would you play this game now when they've got, like, all of these things that they plan on add, planning to add, at you know, within, like, even the next two months. Um, right. And I, I kind of want to hear what you guys say about that, because I feel like... Like, there's even, you know, and I'm not, not to throw shade at anybody, but, like, there's this article by Polygon going up that's, like, calling Mass Effect and Drama essentially an early access game. And I feel like one, yeah, that's, that a, one. that's um, rather extreme, I think, just because, like, using the logic of that, like, the, what point is there to play a modern video game until a developer says they're done patching it? Um, and I feel like these patches, though, are... They're fixing issues that are pretty substantial. Um, I mean, some of the bugs were game-breaking for people that they're ironing out. And yeah, the facial animations were very contentious. I would not be surprised if critics revisited their review scores after Mass Effect starts making... Bioware starts making some of these changes to the game. Because I think it really is going to... Um, have a significant impact on the experience. Honestly, that was- so I, I just want to cut in real quick, and I'm actually just going to um, read this letter from yeah, sure. f- uh, from the general manager of Bioware, Aaron Flynn. So this is posted for listeners out there. If you just go to MassEffect.com, go to the news section, and there's a letter uh, from Aaron Flynn, the GM of Bioware, and it's worth. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, because we're talking about this patch right now, it's worth going through the bullet points that uh, that they mention uh, that will be in this patch. So uh, this Thursday, we'll release a new patch that addresses technical fixes, which means crashes and improved performance, uh, but also adds a number of improvements we've heard you ask for, such as allowing you to skip ahead when traveling between planets in the galaxy map, increasing the inventory limits, improving the appearance of eyes for humans and Asari characters, decreasing the cost of remnant decryption keys and making them more accessible at merchants, improving localized voiceover lip sync, 
fixing riders' movements when running in a zigzag pattern, which I, <laughs> I find to be like an extremely and strangely specific thing, but, but okay. Um, it went viral. So. <laughs> um, Im- improving matchmaking and latency in multiplayer. So that's the... It, there's more stuff, uh, but you have to click on the full patch notes for that, yeah. which are also linked on this page, but I'm not going to go into that. That was all on today's patch, right? Um, that was all in today's patch, yeah. correct. And then uh, they go on to add, over the next two months, we'll be rolling out additional patches, which will go even deeper and look to improve several areas of the game. So they say, um, more options and variety in the character creator, improvements to hair and general appearance for characters, ongoing improvements to cinematic scenes and animations, improvements to male romance options for Scott Ryder, uh, and adjustments to conversations with Hanley Abrams. Is that how you say it? Hanley? Yeah, I, yeah. I actually never met okay. them. Now that I, mentioned, now that okay. I think about it. Okay, well. So, I think this is... I mean, I haven't played it yet, uh, uh, but I think this is great that, that they're doing all this and they seem to really be taking all of the criticism, for better or worse, to heart and, and um, to really be working on it, which I think you really can't, you know, say what you want about the condition in which it was released, but you really can't complain about a developer um, really engaging with fans and hearing it and, and, and trying to fix well, things. apparently you so. can, according to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really commend it as well. They're um, really trying to nurture this product that obviously means a lot to their team and mm-hmm. a lot to fans. Um, I really respect that. I, I imagine that a lot... A large reason this game came out when it did, I I don't I don't believe that Bioware released this game thinking, oh, this is like finished project, yeah, this is project exactly ten out of ten. Exactly. Um, I feel like there was publisher pressure, and they had to meet their quarter quarterly goals or whatever, and boom, the bad launch. So, I yeah, I commend the the studio for trying to continue to improve it, even though. It should have been finished when it launched. Right. But you're right. I mean, for all we know, you know, that could very well not be entirely their fault. Like you said, yeah. it could be publisher pressure or or something else. And and we'll probably never know. We, yeah. I, I mean, we'll never find out exactly what the the reasoning for that was. But yeah. as long as this kind of stuff is going on, I can I can live with that because they're still um, they're still standing by their product, which I think is great. And it's a good so, game. Yeah. When you take away all the big criticisms it's it's fun i'm i've already put like 20 30 hours into it how far are you now and um i'm only on i just finished what vold is that the icy planet oh okay yeah yeah i'm on the next one now it's okay. thank you just don't say anything that's spoilers because i'm still i'm still gonna get this thing yeah one of these days you will Damn enjoy it. It. I will, I gotta... that that and overwatch are like the two things on my on my radar and minecraft yeah, and Minecraft. Yes, and Minecraft. Go go ahead, Ken. You wanted to say something. Uh, like, do you guys think that there's merit to this weird narrative that's surrounding the game now? Of like everyone who has played it before, all the stuff happens is ostensibly a beta tester. Like, I don't know. Like, we sure games need to be released in a very finished form, but we also just we live in you know, a world where games are patched for years and years after the fact. Um, at, at what point did we stop getting mad that we got, like, what what it was at the very beginning and eventually the thing is going to get better? Like, 
maybe maybe there's something maybe you shouldn't play a game as soon as it launches if there's this kind of stuff happening um I mean that's probably you know true of most cases anyway um but I don't know like it, it frustrates me that there's that there's been a way that somebody has found to get mad at a developer for fixing things and what is the point of like us having reviews out if a developer is not allowed to react to this criticism and improve things. What is like? I don't know. Like, it, 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 I'm. I get that. Like, I'm sort of in the minority that really, really likes this game, and just in spite of everything that's wrong with it, like that, I will happily admit, which I did on our last podcast or the last one I was on, at least. Um, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating to see this narrative getting so spun out of control, and. Uh, I don't, I don't know, especially in people, like, again, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna throw shade at any one specific person, but it's, it's, it's especially annoying to me to see it come from, like, professionals in, in the industry, and not just, like, you know, forum trolls and, uh, Twitter eggs. Right. So, I, I don't know, I mean, it's hard for me, I guess, cause I haven't played it yet, or maybe it's better for me, cause it makes me a little bit more impartial, I guess, I, I don't know, but, um, I definitely see your point that it seems really stupid to, on the one hand, criticize a developer for putting out a product that uh, that's flawed, um, quite flawed, in, or at least in a lot of people's minds was quite flawed, and then when they move to address those flaws and change them and better them, get mad at them for that at the same time. Or, or f- maybe not get mad at them, but find a way to... Find a way to criticize it and turn it into a negative thing. That, to me, I, I'm 100% with you on that. That, to me, is really stupid. Like, yeah, you can criticize for releasing a bad product, and that's fair, and that's good, and yeah. that's what reviews that's what and, and feedback are for. But, right, but then if you, like, go ahead and start being really negative about the fact that they're trying to address the problems that you've already brought up, that that doesn't, that doesn't do anything, that doesn't serve a better purpose for anyone that's just stupid that's just asinine and pointless um and i also don't think early access that that's just that's just like hyperbole that's just stupid um this is not in any way shape or form close to what early access games are like i've played a lot of early access games and this is even unpatched far better yeah. than a lot of early access games out there. So I, to me, I don't know why they made that comparison. That's just kind of extreme. Um, I don't even know if I would say beta tester. But then again, I haven't played it, so it's a little hard for me to say that with any credibility. But um, Hunter, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about y- this. Yeah, I wouldn't say beta tester either. I mean, my, I've talked about them before. My biggest complaints on the game have been some of the facial animations and um, some of the dialogue and some s- silly bugs. Like I do a lot of the multiplayer, which I is fun, but I, I don't, I've had very few matches at this point in multiplayer that haven't had random host migration or latency issues. Um, but despite those things, my point is that the game is like it looks really good. It plays really well. It's it feels good on the sticks, and you can get from start to finish. And there's moments you can enjoy, and the story is good. It 
it's not um, accurate, I think, to say it's like, it's like I'm a beta tester for the game. Yeah, it, it seems ridiculous to me, and I I don't know. The more I think about it, like, I, I've, I, I know these are maybe not, uh, this is maybe not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but I'm a big fan of Skyrim. I always have been. Hmm. And, um, like, that game had tons of flaws. Oh, like, my gosh, you yeah. Could, you know, you could disappear inside a mountain. You could climb up like ninety degree mountain sides. You could, you know, like and a horse. I remember when those big giants would hit me, and my character would just fly <laughs> endlessly up into space, yeah. and you know all this other stuff. And and I still love that game. And that game was very highly acclaimed, um, and still is, and still very popular and widely played. And sometimes I almost feel like the Mass Effect series just gets. Um, just gets a harder time than yeah, other I games agree. because I, I mean when I think about Skyrim and the and the issues that it had, I, I mean especially holy shit if we want to talk about like interactions being bland, good god, play Skyrim. Like yeah. when have you ever had an interaction in an Elder Scrolls game that was meaningful on on like a person to person character level? They like they really are <laughs> like walking corpses. You know, it's like hey, this there's this dude down in Winterhold and he stole a piece of paper from me. Could you go get it back, please? It's for my daughter. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay, sure. I'll go do that. <laughs> really meaningful. You know, I mean, you know, damn. My, my most meaningful interaction in that game was with a corpse. <laughs> my, yeah. Like, when <laughs> I was doing one of the main quest missions and, um, my companion was Lydia. She was like my wife and oh, yeah. she died. She died. And, I normally would like reload the save because I don't want her to die. But then I thought, you know what? Like this is a climactic battle right now. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to give her a funeral. So I drug her corpse because you can do that with bodies. And I placed, yep. I placed it out in the river and watched her flow out, float out <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> no more Lydia. Oh man, did you get the? Did you do like the bow and arrow with like oh, the? Did you, no, you know, I didn't. and like shoot the corpse the and flaming arrow. You, no, no. Yeah, you should have done that like Game of Thrones style yeah. down the, down the oh, river. Man, where were you back then? Uh, Lydia's no, probably know. rolling in her watery grave right now. <laughs> Hunter, why didn't you shoot that flaming arrow? Yeah, except now she's gonna be all bloated and disgusting because that's what happens to yeah. corpses and and undead like living. She's a zombie now or a vampire. You're right. This is Skyrim, yeah. So exactly. she'll be. Uh, well, uh, they don't have zombies in Skyrim, do they? Isn't it just like skeletons. Yeah, actually, it's just skeletons, isn't it? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I yeah. read a, a report this week. The next Skyrim game is it's called Lydia's Revenge, actually. So. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, you heard it, you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so many players, <laughs> she died for so many players, so they decided to make that canon, and now it's it was like, yeah, it was such an emotional moment for so many people. The the first and only emotional moment in all the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we're we're off topic now, but and I know it's <laughs> hard to compare uh, Skyrim, which came out what four years ago, five years ago, two two thousand eleven, 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 eleven. Damn. Okay, so it's hard to compare that to, um, you know, a, a, a modern AAA game that came out three weeks ago or whatever. But I think the comparison is, or at least my point is, is obvious enough that, yeah. that Mass Effect really just gets. It gets a rough, it gets rough treatment. It gets held to a, a strangely high standard, I think, sometimes. Even though the game 
by at least going off of you two is still really solid and really fun yeah you know i think part of that is too because the original trilogy did tell such a great story and people felt really attached to the characters in a way that you don't get in in like skyrim um yeah, skyrim absolutely. has an interesting plot <laughs> sure and great lore but it's not known for its you know awesome cutscenes, epic action i don't know do you feel the same way kenneth uh, about skyrim well, I mean, um, Skyrim in comparison to into Mass Effect, why does Mass Effect get such a bad rep over the the other? Uh, I mean, I I think the the sort of vitriol uh, shot towards Mass Effect isn't necessarily just Mass Effect. I think it's just Bioware in general, because mm. I mean, in in all honesty, like they're even when they stumble, which they did. In a couple of cases in Andromeda, they were a very progressive company, um, in a very heightened political climate right now. So, like, they are scrutinized for, like, the way that a character looks because they don't, like, some people don't think they're pretty enough or something. Like, I feel like Bioware is sort of, like, they have a target on their back regardless of whatever they do. And I think it's been that way pretty much since Mass Effect 3's ending, um... Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. So, uh, Hunter, I'm curious, now that you've... How, ma- how many hours have you put in post-patch, would you say? Um, maybe like three. Three or four. Okay. So, of those things uh, that were supposed to be in this patch, if you remember them, um, were, obviously, besides the eyes, because I think we all know about that... Yeah. Um, was there anything that they patched that you remember having a problem with or anything that you've now noticed uh, has been changed besides the eyes? Um, two things, but not two things that I experienced today. Um, the first was flying to different planets. It does kind of take a while. And I think I get what they were going for. Basically, when you are flying from one planet to another, it's seamless. There's no loading screen. You kind of watch as you're ship jumps into hyperspace and it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be really reflective and um you're supposed to get like drawn into the the environment really but really it just ends up taking a long time to get from point a to point b so you can like skip those now i haven't done that yet i haven't tried it but that was something i i that was a grievance for me earlier on and there were also two times i had to like reload a save because i got stuck between objects um, in like the level geometry, like one time was I got stuck between a chair and a table and you can't jetpack <laughs> out and you can't, you can't do anything. So you got to reload, reload a save. Um, and that was one of the things they fixed in this as well. So, uh, okay. So have you had problem? Like, did you notice this weird thing about writer's zigzag movements? I like, um, I am, I am yeah. strangely fascinated <laughs> by this. I, I wouldn't have thought anything. Like, I wouldn't have thought to do it until I saw it on like Twitter, and then I just like, if I was going from like one side <laughs> of the nexus to the other, just started zigzagging and watch. So what, do a little dance. Like, what does he? What does he do? Like, is it does it just look really weird me, or something? Let what me is see the... if I can find like a gif of it. Yeah, basically, okay. when you like make your character if you run in one direction and then sharply turn in the other in a zigzag pattern back and forth something buggy happens with your character model and your knees go to like 90 degree angles like you're a like a (laughs) frog 
walking around is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay, I think I might... That sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen a gif of that, maybe, someone walking around like that. You um, probably did. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah, have. With, with all the stuff that's gone around, I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet, but... Um, did you have a problem with the inventory limits? Because those got increased. Did you find that that was an issue? Or or you, Ken, did you find that was an issue? No, I. although I'm weird, I stuck to one gun the entire game. Damn. Really? I mean, I, That's hardcore. Well, like, I... What difficulty um, did you play on? Normal. I, 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 I mean, I played Vanguard in the original trilogy, so I spec'd in that direction. Um, that was the best class. I love is, Vanguard. It is, it is objectively superior to the rest of them, and uh, so I only ever had a shotgun on me. And if because like I, again, I spec'd out in a way where I was honestly not even shooting that much. I was usually just using biotics. Yeah. And, uh, so I never really had an inventory problem because if I was if it was not one of, like the shotgun I was using, uh, I was selling it. So. Okay. It that was actually a larger issue for me because i i don't want to when you play you don't have to like do every all the activities on one planet and then go back to your home base where you can like customize your character and stuff Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to do like gather all of my ingredients finish a planet and then go back and do all of my crafting in one go but because the inventory size was so small i wasn't able to do that but it was 50 items and now it's 100 so i i don't think i'm gonna give it a second thought it might as well be unlimited right okay well that sounds yeah i i don't know just going back to what ken said about you know giving bioware giving bioware a ration of shit for improving the game it sounds like they've made a lot of really good improvements and they're going to continue to do so so i i think they should be applauded for that not agreed um, not the opposite. Yeah. I think that's just that's just silly. Um, is there is there anything you wanted to ask Hunter? By the way, Ken, since you're awaiting your uh, your your Georgia internet download. <laughs> um, did you? I guess like, did you go talk to everybody on the sh- on the ship, like to see what they look I'm like? I'm actually, I guess. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Um, Suvi does not look so terrible. <laughs> There's a character, she's like a pilot named Suvi, and I made up my mind going to this game because I saw her in the promotional material. I was like, I'm not talking to her because she's... <laughs> she's she's <space> Liliana. <laughs> she is human, and her eyes scare me. Um, but now she looks normal. She just has, like, really orange hair. But it's not so bad because the rest of her face looks so nice now. I need to go actually see what she looks like because I, I haven't gone to see... She's not so bad. Wow. Okay then. So you've noticed you feel like you've noticed a significant difference in the the way characters look. Yeah, and I will also say the only reason I'm even paying attention to this is because I think every it it's so talked about. You know what I mean? I feel like the the all these little things um might not have bothered people oh so much if there weren't so many glitches in the game and if they weren't getting such publicity right now. But, right, yes, So they you are. think just kind of the, um, for lack of a better word, the shitstorm surrounding it has really kind of heightened everybody's attention yeah, or uh, awareness of these things and, and maybe maybe exaggerated how bad they really are? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, well, that's sad. 
Well, unless you guys have anything else to say about Mass Effect, I'm going to go ahead and, and move along to something. Space Dad. Um, Hashtag Space to what Dad. we're playing this week. Hmm. Wait, say, say that again. I didn't hear it, Ken. Hashtag Space Dads. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about, but but sure. <laughs> you want to explain hashtag space dads? Oh, just my rider and Gil are space dads. Oh, okay. Gil's the engineer guy. Yeah, yeah. He's so, Australian. I, I right? really need to. I He's really a, need to play you, this game because, like, I do. I just you guys so... watch Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah. Yes. It's, um, Rimley Baratheon. That guy. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, he's a he's a voice actor in it. Oh, right on. Yes, yeah, okay. so is Marjorie. Yeah. They. Oh, um, God, I. What is her name? No, Natalie. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, Dorn. Dorn. That's it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like her. She's a good actress. Who does she, she play in the, the game? The nurse the ass- on the on the ship. She's an Alfari. Yeah. Yeah. The nurse. Okay, I'll remember that. Lexi. I'll, I'll look out for her when I get yeah, it. You'll recognize her like immediately. Cool. Oh, does oh, it no. even look like, like her just, too? Like, like they modeled the. <laughs> just like her, her uh, voice. Oh, okay. Sorry, her that voice looks distinct. It's like uh, okay. Natalie Dormer, but yeah. blue. Right, because like they did that. To be fair, in my defense, they did that in Mass Effect Two with Miranda. She her face was heavily modeled after the actress yeah. that actually played her, Yvonne Yvonne Strahovski. Like, that, yeah. Don't you remember? I was, I was oh, go like, ahead, Ken. I like before Andromeda came out. I was playing the uh, the trilogy a little bit, or specifically three. And by the time that game was over, like, almost all of the main hu- human characters, and one, sorry, or no, she was sorry, both, Liara and Samara were both all uh, modeled after people, and and it it mm-hmm. sort of seems like those sorts of characters age, like, visually the worst, just because, like, they don't mesh with everything else that's happening in the game, because, like, if, like, if you're playing as a custom shepherd, you're face does not look quite the same as it, like something that's uh, been modeled and just kind of I don't know I wish that I, I, I wish Bioware didn't do that that's that's my thing do you guys mm. remember in uh, Mass Effect 3 when Jessica Chobot was a, a character <laughs> yes I do yeah, I she, vaguely recall that she's like I a journalist <laughs> oh yes okay yeah couldn't you punch her too or something like that no or was that no, number two there was a, <laughs> that, was, uh, that uh, was the other reporter the wasn't other there a reporter. journalist you could punch in like number yes. two yes there was okay years. that's that's the one i'm thinking of <laughs> yeah yeah that was awesome i definitely punched that chick in mass effect too what? i remember that uh, yeah i was tired of her mike yeah, pierce absolutely. the savage yeah i am like a i was a huge renegade player in the trilogy i I have no reason to punch her. Oh man, I hated her. She deserved. I mean, it. I'll commit. Like, I'll commit genocide in three different times in the trilogy. I'm not going to punch some reporter. I love that. Was actually one of my favorite parts of uh, of Mass Effect Two, and I think they had Punching it in the three as well. Those like the the triggers for the Renegade and the, Paragon the, the, actions. Yeah. I loved that. Like every time any, the every time the Renegade shit came up. Yep, I'm hitting it. And I was just every single time. I loved what happened, especially when there was that crazy dude. Um, Oh, he he had a, a British accent. He I think he was a DLC or a or a, a pre-order content guy. And Zaid. he was what did you say? Zaid Masani. Yes, that dude. I loved that guy. Oh, uh, I I had something to say, but I guess it might be considered a spoiler in certain light. So 
Oh, okay. Yeah, best leave it out then. All right. So unless you guys are, you know, you really want to say something else, speak now or forever hold your peace. We're going to move. We're going to move I'm the chains. To close, to close out Mass Effect Talk, I started downloading the patch. And to give you just like an idea of how bad my internet is here, it is going to take 11 hours oh, no. to download. What? Under, like, just under two gigs. Dude, are you running on dial-up or something? <laughs> like, what are you uh, going well there? Be. Just going to talk about uh, what we've been playing this week. Um, not much new for myself, really. Although, actually, I do need to say very quickly that uh, I did get invited to the uh, closed beta for Dawn of War 3, which starts tomorrow. Woo! Um, yeah, so I will be playing that. That goes, um, for, I think, for four days starting tomorrow. So, Question. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. For those of us who don't know about Dawn of War 3, can you describe mm-hmm. it to us in an elevator pitch? <laughs> elevator pitch. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> okay, can you describe <laughs> it? Answer. Can you describe it to me in a Mass Effect elevator pitch? <laughs> oh, I saw what you did there. Wow. So wow. Because because okay. they take I think forever. You a good like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. To which this. Yeah, uh, the, my God, the it. elevator, the okay. elevator loading screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're just like bumming around looking at the elevator. Okay. Yeah. No, I it like it's an RTS game, um, it, but it's hard it's hard to explain because it's based heavily off of a lore system that if you're not familiar with is extremely complicated. Mm. So it's not easy at all to explain that. Um, but it's. It, to make a long story short, it's a classic style RTS. Cool. Um, with a with AAA production, and and these days you don't get too many of those. So, um, I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm really. This has actually been one of my number one most excited for games, probably for like the last five years. So, Damn. when did the uh, when does the beta start? Have you started it yet? No, it starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific ah, time. And then goes until ten a. I think ten a.m. Pacific time on Monday. Mm. I think that's right. I could pull up the email, but it's, yeah, it's Friday through Monday. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Other than that, I'm not really playing anything. Oh well, I just did uh, finish my review of Vikings: Wolves of Midgard. Um, and other than that, I'm not playing anything new. So. Uh, Hunter, why don't you go next, and then Ken will have you give us some Persona 5 action. <laughs> For those of you who can't see us on Skype, Ken just gave an eyebrow raise. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, quite a few eyebrow raises. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing more Mass Effect, of course, and um, bouncing back and forth between that and Overwatch. And I have s- improved significantly with orissa the new overwatch hero since the last time yeah that's time, right you said you were you said you were terrible with i her was god awful <laughs> and I, i'm i'm still pretty bad um to be to be fair but i'm a lot better than i was so she's you like went from like dog shit to um, to 
dog piss. Or like cat to like from like dog shit to cat shit. Ooh, I don't know. I think cat shit's worse, actually. Cat shit is vile. Well, I'm trying to think of or like rabbit, like rabbit shit, like little pep uh pellets. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, those, fair yeah, comparison. And yeah, and don't smell bad. So, yeah, yeah still are... shit, but not as bad. <laughs> Yeah, Orissa this is, is our just... new uh, barometer for for games. Uh, the shit scale. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> all games we're are shit. Rate so. games. Yeah, we're... <laughs> so different variations of shit. Yeah, exactly right. Wait, but what is like a ten out of ten then? Is um, it larger or is it smaller? It would be smaller, right? It'd be Natalie Dormer's shit. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was just the Fair. first thing that came into my head. Straight people are fucking crazy. He's pretty cute. What? <laughs> What'd you say again? Straight people are fucking crazy. Sorry. Um, I was going to suggest like ant poop, but sure. Because <laughs> like poop. ants, yeah, or no flies. It's like flies. Every time they land on you, they vomit. It's like really small. You can't tell. What they do? Yeah. It's because they get um. Really? It's like motion sickness. So every time they land, they throw up. Their lives would be fucking miserable. Wow. I guess it's glad it's one like it's gonna that, be a day. Dude, yeah, that I mind blown right now. I had no idea. That is ridiculous. Mm. I, Great. I, I know That's... how you feel though, because like a couple weeks ago, being completely honest here, I just discovered that chickens aren't asexual <laughs> and that they need a male to reproduce. And I realized that roosters and chickens are actually just they're the same, but different genders. Wait, so you thought, thought roosters were a different species I, altogether? I thought they were a different bird. I did not know they had anything to do with chickens. Oh my goodness. And actually, I... Mr. Hunter Wolf, I what learned, are we going to do with you? <laughs> I learned one other thing. I learned one other thing, which is that um, when roosters mate with chickens, they um, they jump onto the chicken's back. Uh, with their claws and grab onto the back to do their business. And Just like humans. That can actually... Be, and Right. And that can be <laughs> really damaging for the chickens. So they have things called chicken saddles that they'll put onto the chickens so that when the rooster mounts the chicken, it doesn't rip out the chicken's feathers. Just like humans. Wow. And this <laughs> is where the term doing it like they do on the Discovery Channel mm. comes from. Yes. <laughs> My God! All right. Well, we've we've really taken a turn here Mike, now. Get um, me back on so, track, please. Yeah, Ken. Ken, why don't you rescue us from from chicken shit and chicken mating, uh, and, and talk about what you've been playing this week? So I'm playing this little game called Persona Five, also known as Game of the Year 2017. Um, ah. So we know how you feel about so, it. So yeah, just um, disclaimer: I'm supposed to be. Re- you don't like no, it at all. It's, it's, is what it's a bad I'm guessing. Game. It's, it's awful. Um, I'm supposed yeah. to be re- reviewing it for Gaming Trend. Uh, we got code like in the second wave, so we get it like super late. So I'm actually not done with it yet. Mm-hmm. So, and this is in my experience with the series. I don't. This this is not a game that I want to wait or like give a verdict on before I'm done with it because, um, I like I thought Persona Four was absolutely perfect till I got to the end and it was stupid. Um, and then like, and I know people like. 
I know a lot of people don't necessarily stand by like the idea that you need to finish a game to review it, especially if it's as long as this game appears to be, because I think I'm like halfway through it and I'm 50 hours in. So, um, yeah, that review will go up eventually. Um, not as soon as I would have liked, but just kind of working with what we've got here. Um, so, I assume neither of you guys have played a Persona game? No, can no. you explain it for me? Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. So basically, the Persona games, you play in as these group of high schoolers that are like, you know, they're regular students by day, and then they're like, basically superheroes by night. Um, it's, so it's, they're, they're superheroes with, bas- with these things called Persona, which are basically like Digimon. Um, hmm. So, <laughs> uh, it's, Persona, like, it is, uh, at its heart, a dungeon-calling RPG, but it also... Just because of, like, the way that it weighs things, it is more of a social sim. Just, like, in terms of, like, how you're actually dividing up your time, where I would say, like, you would... I'd say you spend maybe 70% of it doing social sim stuff, and then 30% is the actual dungeon crawling RPG stuff. Um, and even less than that, like, I'm... I got about, like, 10 hours in, and was, like, realized, oh, that, for one thing, they kept this, uh, thing where if the main character dies in a, in a fight, it's game over. And I was like, that's dumb. And this game is long and life is short, so I decided to switch over to the easiest difficulty, which makes it all just, like, a breeze. So I'm just uh, not really that engaged in the, the combat, just because, like, I got that far in and I was like, I know what this is. It's Persona. It's basically... It, it, it's a very fairly simple uh, turn-based combat system, so it's not, like, anything... Like, in, in that case, it's not anything, like, too special, so I don't really feel like I need to sink as much time into it as the game would have me do any, at a higher difficulty. Um, basically, the, right. the important thing in Persona to most people is that social sim aspect, where, like, again, like you're playing these high school students, and, um... So, basically how it works is the game takes place over the course of... I, and I might be wrong in this, I don't quote me. I think it's six months, and you live out every single one of those days. Um, and, uh... While you can... But it doesn't actually take you six months to complete it, right? I mean, in, in I mean, theory, like, it's not supposed to take you that long, but it, you know, a, a right. normal person who is playing the game at like a regular pace and not like me, who plays it in 10-hour sittings a day... Um, it's like an- anti-speedrunners. Yeah. Let's see who can take the longest to beat this game. Yeah. Um, like it, People already have like 100-something <laughs> hours playtime already. Um, and like it, that was like their final thing, and I was just like, I, I don't know anyone fucking does that. Um... So like, you go through each of these days, and on those days, you get basically decide what you want to do. Um, you can go talk to like your friends, uh, and you do these things called social links. Uh, they're not called social links in this game, but that's what they've been called in every other game. So that's what I refer to them as. Um, and like, and you're building these relationships, not unlike a Bioware game, I guess. Uh, although it's like act- actively ranked, and like those relationships, like the further you get into them, the, they have effects on how well you can do with certain persona or th- the thing that I compared to Digimon a minute ago. Um, like, they get stronger as these relationships grow, and it's like, the whole thing is about, um, building these relationships and your, your bonds with all of these people that are in the city, um, and so, like, not only is it having this effect in battle, but, like, you're just really getting to know, like, this core group of characters who, it's, like, like, again, they're all high school students, like, there is this sense of, like, uh, youthful camaraderie to it, um, and, like, it, the charm of that is in, you know, the more spectacular moments, um, like, 
in the RPG dungeons and stuff, but also in like the most asinine, uh, like minuscule things that you do. Like everyone gets together to study, and like so then it just it. it you kind of have to have some sort of like anime tendencies, like I guess, in terms of things you'll enjoy. Like you have to be comfortable in the mundane, I guess, just because like you enjoy the people that you're with. Um, and so like that's what I think is really special about Persona is it captures that camaraderie, like that, that group wide camaraderie, probably better than any game that I can think of. Like, like I compared it to Bi- the like the social links to Bioware, but like they. In Bioware games, they are very, like, fragmented in a way. Like, characters don't often interact with each other, and they're mainly interacting with you. Where, like, you know, a really special moment in Persona is, like, after (laughs) you... I I know, uh, that's kind of a a weird way to... Well, I was... was, No, 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 you're right. I was thinking that there was one exception in Andromeda where I was driving in the... I was driving my Nomad, and I had PB, the Asari, and... um, Uh, a newcomer to the team and she said dude you take up too much space in the back your thighs are massive that was literally their interaction (laughs) while i'm driving across this frozen tundra but yeah well (laughs) continue that's in like sort of like passive banter where like there's a there's a scene in persona 5 where we'd finished one of the dungeons and so we all went to celebrate at like this really expensive uh sushi restaurant and you know like again like the great thing of, I think about Persona's writing is how it makes the most mundane things seem special. Um, mm. And that is sort of like a running theme throughout all the games where like it's about this group relationship and you're no, you're, you're this character in the center who kind of brings them all together. Uh, but um, the thing that has really always been like probably the most fascinating thing to me about Persona is the way like the way it uses its themes and symbolism to tell a greater, like, story about the human psyche. Um, where, like, Persona 4 was about, like, characters having to accept, like, these shadow versions of themselves and accept, like, the things about the things they didn't like. Persona 5 is about, basically, this group of kids take, like, they're, they, they're these, the phantom thieves is what they call their group. And they're, like, these, this group of vigilantes. And what they do is they have access to this world that basically functions as, like, these representations of people's hearts. And um, when people are, like, the people that you're going after in these things are evil in one way or another. Like, I'll start with the first one because I think that's the easiest one to describe. You're going after the coach of your high school who basically thinks he's, like, the big the big guy on campus. Uh, everyone, hmm. everyone loves him, wants to be him, or wants to be him. And his, uh, the, the, the term I think is called the, me- the metaverse, um, his palace, as it's called, is uh, a castle. And it is, um, you like, you infiltrate it and you see this very distorted view of the world and how these characters see it. So, like, th- this character appears in this world in, like, a robe and a, a crown because like, he's the king of the school. Um, you see these versions of the students being like tortured, like in these sort of uh, like there's like a sports metaphor to it. Like people are like in the middle of volleyball, but they're being like tortured in the process because like that is what he views them as. He views them as these prisoners, and uh, what they go into these worlds to do is they 
go in there to basically stop these, this evil ver- this evil version of these people. And then in the real world, what that does is they have a change of heart. And this means nothing to the audio listeners, but I'm making quotes around half the things that I'm saying about this game because everything is like is not literal in this game. So I have to put quotes around it so it makes well, it's like it's understood that it's sort of conceptual. Um, they have a change of heart in the real world where they confess their crimes. Where so like this coach is basically forced to admit to basically abusing students. Um, and so, like, I don't think the Persona 5 themes are anywhere near as um, impactful as Persona 4, because I, I think Persona 4 is still... Like, and this is kind of, like, I guess, hinting towards the review that has not been written yet. I still think Persona 4 is the pinnacle of this series, because it managed to encapsulate all of that in a, in themes that are more profound and not, I guess, like... Some some of Persona 5's symbolism and themes are a little bit messy. I'll I'll say that now. But uh, yeah, and, and just on like on top of that, I think the game is probably the most polished video game I've played this generation. Just in terms of like this incredibly stylish, high quality like just production value that is basically unmatched. Like even as something like even alongside something like Uncharted 4, which I think is, you know, this incredibly polished work, I don't think it has that same level of just, like, confidence and style that Persona 5 does. It's just, like, in, like so engrossing to even somebody that, um, like, doesn't necessarily like the, the anime leanings of it. Uh, I think they'd be, like, really caught up in just the really uh, stylish um, presentation of this game. Because it's just, like, like even just watching trailers of it, that game is, that game is fucking sexy. Like, that's the only thing I know to call it. It's just, there's this incredible confidence to it, which is just, I don't, I can't think of anything that ever gets on that level in this industry, really. Um, and it, You need to put that in your review. Either either the first line or the last line, just this yeah, game Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. It's like, <laughs> I... I would the the game obviously has problems like I've mentioned like I, I think its themes get fuzzy in places I think it's I think its representation of gay people is fucking gross just because I think and I think that's a cultural thing and that's not really an excuse but it's just like me acknowledging that that's why it is the way it is but it's just like there's nothing like Persona out there right now um and I like and again if if you don't if like if you're not if you don't have like sort of like Japanese anime leanings, you're probably not gonna be able to dig it past like the the surface level of that. But yeah, maybe That'd be me. But <laughs> I, I just think today, Mike. Today, I just we'll yeah. See. I, again, I just I Persona Five executes on every single beat that it tries to hit so confidently. I just I think I think it's really special and. I'm gonna be, unless something. You're gonna name your yeah. first child Persona Five, <laughs> or, or maybe yeah. Persona yeah. One, um, Two, Three, um, Four, um, and Five, because he's gonna have five get kids. Get to that yeah. point where I can call one five. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's like codename yeah. kids next door. Number one, number two, number three. <laughs> or pets, yeah. you could you do pets. Your new name is Persona know. Five. Yeah, true. She's. She's staring at me now. Basically, kids. <laughs> yeah. So there's my there's my uh, Mass Effect elevator pitch on Persona Five. 
Yeah. That might have been like three or four elevators worth, I think, even even for Mass Effect. But, yeah. but you know, that's fine. They, I'm glad yeah, you I, like it, man. Yeah, they got from Milky Way to Andromeda in, in, in that time. Yeah. <laughs> I need to play that game. I really do. I'm going to have to... I. I think I'm just going to buy it. I think I'm just going to buy that in Overwatch this weekend to hell with it. Yeah, impulse yeah. buys. I actually think nice. I saw Andromeda had a sale going. It was cheaper. Where? Um, I don't know where, but I'll look up. I'll look it up and send it to you. Hunter, you can't tell me these things without giving me the proper information. Hunter, what are you this playing ridiculous. in them? Xbox Live. Uh, Xbox One. Are you playing <laughs> it on PS4, kid? I need oh, okay. I might get it on PC. Well, I guess none of us will play together. See. It's fine. Yeah, well, just yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I played all the other ones on Xbox, so um, I don't know. Maybe I will Continuity. just get it for Xbox One. Are there any? Per- there aren't any performance issues with Xbox, are there, Hunter? Like you have more than usual, I guess. Had any? Say that oh, one more well, time. That's, there's an interesting point. Yeah, it's it seemed fine for you though. Yeah. I mean, okay. I actually read in some reviews that there were performance issues on console, but really there haven't been in my playthrough. I think there was like one time where it froze a little bit, but that was a one-time thing. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll check it out. It'll either be PC or Xbox One. Hmm. Um, Ken, you got any other games you played this no, week I'm, that you want I'm, to talk about? I'm or head down in that game. 5, you've been playing the living shit out of it, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, we in, yeah. <laughs> 10 hours a day. That's hardcore, dude. I don't think I don't. I don't know if I've done ten hours in it's a pain. day for any game because my eyes. That is just that is get, one like, thing square. I wish it was on Vita yeah. because like I, I played three and four on Vita, um, and I just like like I said, you play each day, so it would be nice if like while I was at work on break, I could just you know grind through a couple days and not have to because like being tethered to a TV sucks. Yeah, but I, I mean, I yeah. do. It sounds really funny the way you the way you word that like so I can just grind through a couple days. Yeah, I noticed that it sounds, too. That sounds really funny. Like, I mean, I get that you know you were saying Persona Five is a you're playing through a six month period or whatever, so you obviously mm-hmm. have to work your way through it chronologically. But it just sounds really funny to refer to a video game like yeah, I just <laughs> just grinded through a few a few days today. Just it sounds kind of funny, but it's it's I mean. You make a compelling case for it. I'm not an anime guy, but you make the um, you make the relationship sound pretty special. So I think when he said he called it fucking sexy, you're like, oh man, I gotta get you, this now. You, you, you can date people. I thought about it. The- yeah. Yeah, Ooh, and you a you can high like school romance. You can yeah. like take tests and stuff. Yeah, in, and that's the thing, like in school, right? That, that you'll be in the middle of something, like a teacher will actually ask you a question, like not related to anything that's happened in the game it's like who was the architect who built something in 1824 like and like google do you, you get anything for answering it correctly you, like, like is there any in-game stats, reward uh, like like these five different stats like knowledge kindness charm things like things, things like that and for each question you get right your knowledge goes up and that is affected like their exams later that you have to take and then like eventually, your overall score on the exams is determined by your knowledge plus the answers that you got correct. Um, so yeah, like. So you cheat? Yeah. Um. This <laughs> <laughs> just been. I mean, using how am Google? I supposed to know the things that they're asking? Ken. Like, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who the hell built 
something in 1824, that's for sure. You know, my friend told me about um, this mobile app game. I think it's called Lifeline, and it um, it's like a text adventure that works in real time, and the premise of the game is that there's a character who is in space on some space expedition mm-hmm. that's gone wrong, and you are the only person that she is able to get in contact with. So every couple hours she'll like contact you. You'll get push notifications on your phone. Um, and you, you like message this character basically, and she'll ask you to help her make certain decisions. But what you can do is like, I think one example my friend used was, um, she needed a place to sleep for the night. Um, she could keep walking and not get sleep, or she could sleep next to this thing that's producing X amount of like radiation and if you, um, immediately you think, oh, radiation, no, just like keep walking. But if you Google it, uh, you learn that that amount of radiation is not bad and she can't sleep next to it. So it's, it's similar, interesting. Hmm. That does sound kind of cool. I might send me the name of that. If, yeah, I uh, will. If you can remember it, that actually sounds like that might be kind of entertaining to get spontaneous text messages and. Yeah, from type something up real quick and figure something out. That sounds like kind of a cool game. Yeah. All right. Um, and I think we're just gonna end it there, guys. So cool. I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do an outro or anything because I think Joe and I will will figure out how to I don't know how to make something work tomorrow with this weird like mishmash podcast thing going on here. Um, I hope I was concise enough for with what. Um, for our segment, because I don't know how much time Joe's normally pretty verbose, so I don't know how much time you wanted to dedicate to news. For those of you who are wondering what the word verbose means, uh, after hearing our contributing editor Hunter Wolf use it in that last soundbite right there, uh, let me explain. Verbose means to express oneself or to illustrate with more words than are necessary, and I explicitly disagree. With Hunter, I believe that I use the exact right amount of words to express myself and my feelings and my ideologies and emotions and philosophies and all sorts of other qualities that are akin and specific to myself. Now, this happens to be Hunter Wolf's second offense when it comes to describing me in this heinous way. So, effective immediately, Hunter will be dishonorably discharged from any further services at Gaming Trend or at any other site on the internet on planet Earth. So thank you for your time and your expertise, Hunter Wolf. You have been dismissed. (laughs) 